Welcome to the My Rules Are Better podcast. I'm Tom Barbelay. I'm feeling a lot better today, actually. I started recording yesterday and the laptop died on me. It, Even though it was plugged in, apparently recording my voice was taking enough power from it and everything went down. So I'm feeling a little bit better. Hopefully this will be a bit more of a coherent recording. And I think in general, if the universe stops a podcast for any reason, one should probably listen to the universe in these circumstances. The thing I've been reflecting on today has been associated with Kickstarter. I don't know how much money I've put in the past year. This would probably be a good amount (laughs) to calculate to fathom against the amount that I've lost through Kickstarter. But one Kickstarter last year specifically did not come through, and the fellow that organised it, a company by the name of Dog Tag Miniatures, has just disappeared off the face of the earth. And the actual Kickstarter itself, I put in money, and then they offered discounted plastic kits. And I thought, oh, well, that makes some sense. So I put some money into the discounted plastic kits, roughly double the money that I put into the Kickstarter. And I did that through PayPal and sent it all off, and the time went by, and the fellow ended up stopping communicating with me. And curiously enough, he stopped communicating with me just after the 180 days on PayPal. So my perspective is that this guy, end-to-end, you know, it was what it was. And I've learned an important lesson through this. Now, I have two Kickstarters worth of Kev Adams miniatures that are still owed to me, that I paid for or have not yet received. And I'm really moving back from Kickstarter entirely as a means of fueling this miniature addiction thing this year, mainly because I can't actually get painters. So the whole thing with Kickstarter is kind of shriveled up in terms of actually getting the figures and sending them to painters, having them painted and getting them back. So that's putting a natural pause on Kickstarter. But I'm really very mindful that I put a lot of trust into this one company And clearly the whole thing was a scam end-to-end as a means of getting money. And now, going forward, I think really only the Kev Adams Kickstarters pending the two Kickstarters that I have that are due back associated with this are where I'm going to be putting my money. Now, in addition to all of this, I've been working on two rule systems. One is a sequel to Britannia. I'll float the name when I'm closer to actually releasing it. And the other is the October Skirmish Rules. Now, part of the October Skirmish Rules is writing a rule system that will embody various kinds of military unit styles at the, what I'm calling the middle manager level, where you're controlling squads of troops and how the squads of troops behave. The rule system has to have some element in that, but there need to be other subtleties around that. And I'm starting with two fantasy armies because it's easy to create fantasy armies, although I'm reading a, a book currently about the history of orcish warfare think of that as you will but the thing that fascinates me is taking this skirmish rule system and moving it to the second world war particularly because the you know what i call the five top forces of the european theater let's just say obviously the germans potentially the italians the russians the british and the americans they all had very different fighting techniques and they all had very different squad level fighting techniques so i've been reading rather heavily around that currently to just try to spark some thinking associated with how you describe that in a rule system, a scalable rule system that could be applicable both to fantasy, to, you know, dark age, medieval, even Napoleonics and potentially up to the Second World War. And I think that is a thought space that I'm in currently reading a lot of history of combat, comparative history of combat. In addition to this, the sequel to the Britannia rules is forcing me to read about 700 pages worth of history, two different kinds of history, really oral history, and just almost encyclopedic history of that period. 
And that is proving very interesting as well. I wanted to put the footnote in that reading is a large part of creating these rule systems. I'm reading and then distilling it down into something which is applicable in a rule system. So that is my thinking currently with those two things. My hope is to get more out or at least do some initial fumbling with the October skirmish rules to have something to put out to talk about. I'm also relatively mindful that somewhere in this room in front of me, there are zombies and I need to find the zombies, break them out, paint them up, put them out and just have them ready. But the zombies are really a secondary thing. And I've talked a little bit about Kickstarter. I should talk a little bit about the lead pile. I have here three cases worth of miniatures that I kind of didn't really discover at the end of the year. I was just looking for free cases to put miniatures in. And through that, I found a bunch of stashed away miniatures, including a bunch of old, I don't know what you'd call them, like pre, they're in between, they're past the initial paint stripping, but they still have tinges of color on them. So they need lots of additional paint stripping. And what do you call them? Space Marine, I guess. Mainly old Terminators and old Metal Marines. And I picked that up, I want to say in a really cheap, I think it was a $100 eBay thing where you got basically a guy's entire badly painted collection. And I took off a vast majority of the paint, but it still left some initial pigment on a lot of the figures. So I found that, and that's about half a case. There's a bunch of old fantasy. I thought quite a bit about producing a Skaven skirmish group. I've got a bunch of metal Skaven that are kind of looking for that assembly. But, you know, just cleaning up the cases, working out where things are, with the view that I would probably get one commission out this year, aside from the, I don't know, four or something back commissions that are still yet to be done. This painter who's going on vacation until the summer will apparently come back and paint these miniatures. Who knows? But anyway, I've got a small... I've not filled the case yet, but I've got a case currently of stuff that I'll send off to him in the summer. And I'm just trying to put a bookend with regards to the miniatures. Now, in addition to this, obviously, the reading, taking the rules away, I've been in Australia for a few weeks, a couple of weeks, really. Slightly more than a couple of weeks, if you include the flights. And when I was in Australia, I went to, I think it's called Military Hobbies in Adelaide. And that has, although I thought they'd gone 100% into the painted figures, they haven't, sorry, the painted I don't know what we'd call them. What are they called? Town and country or something like that. <laughs> War and country. I don't know. 54 millimeter painted models. Metal models, I guess. They haven't. Well, about a third of their store is that. And what has happened in them taking a third of the store to devote to that is all the cool stuff that I liked. All the really old painted metal miniatures have moved into the forefront of the store. So I was there just before I left Adelaide. And I put down 200 Australian dollars, which is about 140 American dollars, and got probably about at least 45 miniatures for that. Not great returns, but still pick up some stuff. And I think a lot of that I'm probably going to paint strip when it arrives. A lot of it's really badly painted. But it was cool just to have it in kind of chunky sets. Some Elder, uh, two, I think at least two kinds of Space Marines, and a bunch of other little bits and pieces, which were all neatly bubble wrapped and I sent on to myself through the mail. Ironically, there's a store in Sydney that does the painted um, 54 millimeter figures. And I bought a bronze there <laughs> this trip. I bought a bronze of, he's an Australian infantry figure, Second World War, Libya, 
very curious, very overly burdened with stuff. He has even chain mail on his helmet and stuff. Really curious looking guy, but the Australian dollar is so weak currently, I thought, I've always wanted to own one of these bronzes, and this is probably the only opportunity I'd have to actually get one reasonably. So I have him standing in front of me. I don't know, I need to give him a good name. The name of the, the theatre of battle was Bardia in Libya, and you can Google the Battle for Bardia or whatever and see. It was basically the Australians, the British versus the Italians, and it didn't end well for the Italians. But he's just such a characterful figure. He looks like he's wet in some regard. Anyway, I thought if I'm going to own one bronze, I might as well own a bronze of some substance. And of course, all the bronzes are Australian soldiers. So anyway, he's in the collection. When I was in Sydney, I had a couple. So Games Workshop and Good Games, which are the independent retailer that covers Games Workshop, but a bunch of independent games, are literally on the same one is the upstairs, the independent store is the upstairs, and the Games Workshop is the downstairs in central Sydney. And I went up to Good Games and bought some skeleton archers. I bought 10 skeleton archers and had a really curious interaction with Good Games. I bought them for 80 bucks, which is about six US dollars a figure, maybe slightly under six US dollars, five something a figure. And they're painted, they're on larger round bases, so not brilliant, but I was interested in, you know, just picking them up as a thing a memento of my time in Sydney. And they had a card with the name of the painter on the card or on the back of the card. And I asked to look at the card, took a photo of the front of the card, flipped it over and took a photo of the back of the card. And my wife was in the store at the time and she just said, these these nerds have completely lost it because apparently the painter didn't want his name revealed. And I took a photo of the back of the card with the painter and his contact telephone number. Anyway, I always laugh at those kind of things. My view is if you pay money for figures, you should get the figures <laughs> who painted them anyway. So I have those figures in the collection now as well of times travelled. I have a couple from the Orcs Nest and now I have one from Good Games in Sydney. And the thing that struck me about Games Workshop was they didn't have any... I asked them if they had any custom figures and they said, well, I had the Christmas figure. I wasn't there in time for the Christmas figure. But I just thought the fact that these high-profile centre of large city Warhammer stores, because they call them Warhammer stores, don't have any custom things in them. They're all just basically generic stock. And they say, well, you know, we've got some stuff that you can, you know, you can get off the website or you can get here. But my perspective is that they should have specialist miniatures just as something. And I've had this experience actually in the London Warhammer store. I think I actually bought something there maybe, well, it must have been three trips ago. It must have been 2016 when I did that in London. Anyway, so that is that. What is coming in the next few weeks? Well, my hope is that I will get some devoted time to October Skirmish and get something out which is at least playable. I've got a bunch of tree scenery in front of me. I really need to get the room back into making videos. So, you know, just re-flipping the room for that format. Currently, my gaming table is also clothes that I didn't take to Australia. <laughs> Trees, a bunch of additional sh stuff. Um, some figure cases and yeah, it's just a combination of factors. Maybe some stuff that was posted to me. Anyway, I don't know. A bunch of stuff that shouldn't be on this table. So my hope is to get this cleaned up and start recording video footage again in the near future. And I think I'm pretty well over the jet lag, but I've still got a couple more days to work through. Not next week, but the week following sometime in Southern California. We've got a bunch of great cat sitters and folks that come to the house now. So I always put that caveat in there that we will have people coming through while we're away. But yes, so that's my short 
New Year's update, some stuff about Kickstarter, some stuff about the lead pile, some stuff about two rule systems which are very different. I need to point out that the sequel to Britannia is a role-playing game and the October skirmish rules are a skirmish rule system. So very different directions, very different explorations through them. But I wanted to put a podcast out just to say I'm back. The fires were very real for those that were wondering. I will probably tell some fire stories in my other podcast, Long Funk, which I anticipate recording this weekend. But I wanted to get something out to the My Rules a Better audience. Oh, another thing I did. I met up with Helen, who is Matthew Gibson's, I guess, honorary, what one would call it? Honorary mother, for want of a better term. Stepmother, perhaps? I don't know. Anyway, other mother, I think, is the term that uh, Matthew uses to describe Helen. And I took two photographs of the area that Matthew and his brother interrogated me about how D&D was not the true rule system. The true rule system was RuneQuest. And just to give an indication of how small the space was, because when you get a sense of how small the space is, you probably get a better understanding of the whole dynamics of the conversation. Anyway, when I sent it out to uh, Matthew and uh, Barney and Chris, the comment was, you know, this is hallowed ground, Matthew's comment. And I thought, yes, really, it is hallowed ground. So I did have an opportunity of catching up with Helen. And Helen is actually solely responsible for reconnecting Matthew and I after all these years. So really an important person. I bought her a meal. My wife and I had a lot of fun chatting with Helen. But uh, yeah, a lot went on in the Australia trip. I think it's very important that travel really frames a lot of ideas. And when you come back from travel, you always have more ideas. So more ideas coming shortly in this podcast. But yes, the dregs of jet lag, I still have to finally work through. So Please bear with me, and I'll record a podcast relatively shortly. Tom Barbele back in San Jose, signing out.